Welcome back, Gumption listeners. This is Ryan Lee coming to you with another episode of Stories of Gumption podcast, conversations with entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and just really, really impressive people. Today's episode is brought to you by Sparkle Clean. They provide professional and economic cleaning solutions to residential and commercial structures. They specialize in window cleaning, floor care, carpet extraction, auto and boat detailing. Give them a call for a free estimate. They're at 518-578-2931. Or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, they may even be dabbling with LinkedIn these days. At SparkleClean. It's S-P-A-R-K-I-L-K-L-E-E-N. Thanks for my hesitation there. They, they, uh, they do a great job. Uh, I believe their social media takes the dashes out, where it's just S-P-A-R-K-I-L-K-L-E-E-N. Sparkle Clean. That's Zach and Kate Hoy, everybody. They're phenomenal and uh, really uh, happy to have their support of the podcast. Today's episode is uh, long overdue. But I have a conversation with a, my very good friend, Matt Craig. He's a mortgage lender in town, uh, Rotarian, and of course I'll go through all of these things for you in his intro. But today's conversation is great. Uh, he and I uh, connect on a lot of different things in business and personal life, and he's become a really close friend of mine, and I really enjoy every opportunity I get to talk with him. And today we focus in on the gumption of him starting with his wife, uh, Sarah Craig, Open Gate Farmstead. Uh, big undertaking, and it didn't uh, always go perfect. Uh, but starting up a uh, self-sustaining farm uh, in, a, in a world that doesn't really <laughs> benefit uh, commercial farmers, um, he's not necessarily a commercial farmer per se, but... He's certainly growing it, and uh, he's doing a great job selling his products to local friends and Rotarians and professionals. So we learned a little bit more about that story today. We also uh, talk about mental health because uh, Matt has an excellent story about mental health and sort of lessons he's learned from overdoing it a little bit, being frank about it. Uh, We can all overdo it, and I personally have overdone it before where you're just going 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 work is crazy uh personal life is crazy you don't have time for yourself and you're just giving it your all because that's sort of what the american dream pushes you to do and uh we talk about mental health in the context of his professional life starting open gate farmstead with his wife running it growing it and it's uh it's a phenomenal episode so without further ado I look forward to sharing this episode of the Stories of Gumption podcast. Enjoy. Gumption, defined as initiative, aggressiveness, resourcefulness, courage, spunk, guts, common sense, and shrewdness. Welcome to the podcast. This is Stories of Gumption with your host, Ryan Lee. So uh, welcome, everybody. Another episode of Stories of Gumption. Uh, 
It's been a little while. Um, so today's guest is a very good friend of mine. Very good friend of mine. He's a fellow podcaster for Craigcast. He's actually, I got to give this guy credit for even getting me interested in podcasting because uh, he asked me to come on his podcast a while back, Craigcast, and it, it, it put the thought in my head. He's also the president of ADKYP, the Adirondack Young Professionals. He's also a fellow Rotarian. He's the co-owner of Opengate Farmstead. The guy's not busy enough. And... Uh, He's a great mortgage lender at Bank of England Mortgage. Newly MLB residential lending. Oh, there this it is. This will be the official drop of that. The official drop. Yeah, nobody Say knows it one more time so we don't MLB forget. residential lending. MLB residential same, same lending. Same great service, same great Matt. PlattsburghMortgage.com, but uh, we switched up our corporate, so I'm pretty excited. Awesome. So there it is. You heard him. Uh, today's guest, Matt Craig. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, I feel like I've owed... The opportunity to have you on the podcast to return favor for a You've long time. You've asked me a ton of times. I was just busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while though. I get, man, uh, when when did we do that podcast for yours? My first one, I think, was November of twenty eighteen. That which would have been me, right? Yeah, you were number one. Well, the first. I don't. I don't know about no, number you were the first one. I officially launched in December 12th of 2018. Wow. That's when I had the five episodes. So I started in November 2018. And then I did 30 episodes, and then I just sort of, like, life got busy. Yeah. And I figured, like, you can't can't quit the farm, can't quit my job, so I stopped podcasting. But I'll bring it back. I think I think the once a week was unsustainable for me. Mm. So um, I might do it, like, twice a week or maybe even once a month. Like I'm gonna see how much harder it is to add video and if that adds any other like mental overhead or Yeah. Yeah, I love the I love the concept of adding video, but for me I'm just like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fiddle with that for right now. I'd have it, but my office is like so tight. Yeah. Because the only way it would work is um I'd have to do like a super wide angle or something. Because, like my office, the desk yep. is right there and then it's only like I don't know. My office is probably only like eight to ten feet wide. Yeah, and like four feet of it is the desk. So, mm. well, we might. Yeah, we'll might. see. Yeah, see what happens. Maybe if there's like a way to, I wish there was a way. Maybe there is to like um, have like a button where you can like like get the video going, and then maybe like so without I, having to go back and edit later, you can sort of like let it go to whoever's talking. So they or, have that. Like you can. I also don't know if my computer will be able to run everything at once. Mm. Like if it can run video and audio. Because what I want is a camera over here facing them and over there facing me and then switch back and forth when we're talking. Because there's simple USB setups you can get where you just click a button when they're talking, click a button when you're talking. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it was that easy, I'd consider it. But power of audio. They say it's coming back. People are doing more audio uh, media than video. Yeah. I love it. So I was reflecting before this podcast about, uh, where you and I actually met for the very first time and I can't visualize it, but I'm pretty sure we met through ADKYP. Had to be ADKYP cause I didn't know anybody cause I, I didn't meet you in college. And then like three months after SUNY Plattsburgh, I was in ADKYP. So it must've been, must've been then. I can't think of and you joined ADKYP after you got your job? Yeah. 
I feel like that's a great story you should just share with listeners of the podcast. Like you've told me before, but you, you went old school to try and get that your first job out of college. Yeah, I had a I had a job at Texas Roadhouse and that that didn't work out. You can there's some good stories on my podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um one of the companies in my office complex uh they were hiring and they sort of just like send out like an email and just say show up and I showed up and nobody was there. And then I had my suit on and um was ready to go with a resume and uh my current boss Travis he was happened to be just be walking outside. And I was like, hey, are you guys hiring? And they weren't really, but, you know, he's like, eh, like we're a sales company. And, you know, this kid wasn't scared to just walk up to strangers and ask for a job. So he might be good at sales. And um, I got the start of that Monday pretty much. Nice. Yeah. And then um, I saw something on Facebook. Um, it might have even been, it was at Murons. It might have been speed networking. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, and then... um. I was like, yeah, I just graduated from New Plattsburgh. I had a marketing and entrepreneurial studies degree with a minor in business administration. Just a little flex. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> then uh, they they asked me if I wanted to do the marketing chair because the person who was the marketing chair, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I think they might have not had one, and I just yeah got on the board pretty much right away. I've probably been on the board for like five or six years now. I was gonna say it's got to be because I I think I. I think I started on the board of ADKYP when uh, Hannah Provost was president, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that was like 2012. And I just remember it, it was pretty lean and mean back then too. Um, it goes through ebbs and flows. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember. I mean, I hadn't been there that long, and then you jumped on, and I feel like you and I bonded over being kind of the newbies, where yeah. everybody else had the institutional knowledge and they're like no no we tried that before yeah go ahead maybe that's a good idea and we were just like young ready to just rock and roll like let us let us try our ideas and fail a couple times but you know that's how yeah i mean i i say that to board now like i still let them try ideas because it's like you know stuff could change and maybe the tides have turned for what what would work what won't work i'm very uh i'm the president now and i just try and if you want to do the work, that's fine. Like everybody's full of ideas, but all the ideas take work. So yeah, if there's something you want to do, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to. I want. I, there's there's really two ideas I have about uh, your story of gumption, and we talked a little bit before, but um, the one that really fascinates me is you start and your wife starting Open Gate. Yeah, because you didn't you didn't grow up here. You grew up at, you're really a city boy. Yeah, converted to farmer. <laughs> like that is that's cool as shit. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I really admire the. Obviously, you're working your butt off all the time for that farm, but like the the goal of like sustainability and like you know, having a relationship with your food and like just being, you have solar panels, like there's, there's layers to this and I know it's taken a long time. So I guess I want you to go into your, your whole thought process from the, at the very beginning before, you know, you guys got married or whenever this happened to, I'm th- let's, we're thinking about maybe starting yeah, from now to the future. Yeah. Give me the, give me the backstory here. So 
I'm in real estate, so I do. I look at houses all the time, and my rent, um, my rent went up fifty bucks, and I was like, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna stay in the area. Um, let's. And I always ask realtors. I was like, I'm either looking for like a, a I know I either want an investment property, like a multi-unit, or I wanted something with land or waterfront. Those were like the three avenues because you you can't get land and waterfront. Unless, like, you go way out or it's super expensive. Yeah, wicked expensive. Yeah, like, we looked at a home in Shazy Lake, and it was, um, like, it had, like, foundation problems and stuff. And the strip of waterfront was really weird because it was only, like, 50 feet. And you were, you know, the house was behind somebody else's house. So you still own that waterfront, but it was, like, next to somebody else's yep. house. So we're like, eh. And Shazy Lake is, like, pretty deep. Like, that's, like, a solid 40-minute drive. Yeah. We looked at a super cool house. Um it was in like Redford, but it was at the end of an unmaintained road. Like it was, it was super yep. cool. It had its own pond, nothing around it at all. But that was like forty minutes, and an unmaintained road like was something that we really couldn't do because we didn't have yeah. any equipment. And then, um, and back then you drove I had a, a little red Subaru. Yeah, I did my yes. Subaru Impreza. I love that car. <laughs> Subaru was great. Subarus are great. And then, um, so this is after you graduated you probably well because you lived in the city of plattsburgh yeah i lived in the city i lived in the city on macomb street for like two years i think maybe a year maybe a year and a half and then i pretty sure i bought it when i was 23 oh wow which must have been a big change like you're from rockland county yeah and so i i mean i I think a lot of listeners know where that's from but like paint a picture of like it's it's growing like, up Matt versus North Country up here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the outskirts of the suburbs. Not outskirts, like like ten minutes away there is woods. It's not like the Adirondack Park, but like there's fishing and camping and stuff like that. And um there was like a a part of town that was more like Plattsburgh where people hunted and did stuff mm. like that. But we were just like a regular residential street. My dad was a plumber, my mom was a nurse. We had like I don't know probably not an acre lot probably like a half acre or something yeah and like my dad gardened and stuff but no um like we just had a dog growing up we never really had any agriculture mm. and um some of my family members who were like super healthy got sick and um and like you know you watch like the videos on like animal welfare online and stuff and uh so we bought so we bought the place and um Everyone thought we were crazy because we didn't have, like, a working bathroom yet. And we literally bought two pigs, like, right away. Like, two weeks in, we had two little pigs. We bought them in June June of 2016, I bought the house. So, you graduated in what year? 2014? Mm-hmm, December 2014. Okay. You, you rent in the city of Plattsburgh for a little while. Your rent goes up. You're like, oh, shoot, I could probably own, right? Yeah. All right. And then... uh. I'm tr- I'm trying to figure well, we out where deal on the place like, where you went from. Uh, I want to own a house to I also want to own pigs. Like where uh, was that your j- dream, Sarah's dream? Both of ours. Or? Like we just we're very like you can you can read all day about doing a push up, but you gotta just do a push up. Like maybe yeah. who knows? Like if the first time it like failed horribly and like something bad happened, we might have not not done it but it was like yeah you just give them feet food and water it's like it's simple yeah and the first time we raised pigs it was in a small area like the size of the size of this room probably was their outdoor area so it was oh wow so it was super small yeah what is this like i don't know let's say 20 by 10 yeah 
and uh, it was just pallets, like just pallets in the ground, and um, it was good. Like we gave him a ton of fresh food, we gave him grain, um, and it 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 went well. I th- yeah, we started with two, and because um I was I was part of a hunting camp at the time, and uh, when I lived in Plattsburgh, and the guy told me like you know if you ever want to do animals, always get two because there's always gonna you can always find somebody to buy a second one, and then it it helps pay for yours. Interesting. So we did that. I don't even remember if we had. I don't think we had chickens the first year. So it was really like we want the pigs because we're going to raise them and we'll have food. Well, organic meat is like super expensive too. I mean, it's yeah. probably. I bet you at the co-op, it's probably like twelve bucks a pound at least for like yeah, good like natural quality pork that's raised yeah. sustainably. Yeah, and um, like cows are awesome, but cows take like two years, and you have to winter them. Pigs. Everything we were reading online said pigs are pretty much like the easiest for six months from born to butcher. Um, they're not super susceptible to getting sick. They're very easy. They're friendly. They eat pretty much anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they'll eat, we don't feed them meat, but they'll eat meat and stuff. They'll eat whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it went, it went well. And, um, in the first, um, the first summer we were just in like demolition mode. We had to, we had to basically get the house ready for winter because it was winter is coming. So we moved out seven thousand pounds of trash. It was wow. Yeah, it was moldy. So there was mold on the walls. And we originally looked. There was a mold spot on the sheetrock. And before we made an offer, we're like, hey, can we like take take a piece of sheetrock off? And the place was dilapidated. Like it yeah. was. If the place was looked nicer, it would have already sold. But it was so overgrown, so like ugly looking. And the guy who did the work, like the guy who used to live there, like wasn't a craftsman. Like he would just rough in a sink and then cut the drain line. And like, yeah, he he. There was so many projects that were started and not done. There was nothing was done in the house. Wow, but that's why you got a great deal on it. Yeah, because some a lot of people looked at it and were like. You know, we'll give you thirty grand because it's fourteen acres. We're just gonna bulldoze the house or get rid of the house yeah. and start over. But you know, we got inspected. It was like it was two by six construction. The construction was sound. There was nothing. Um, like you could do a test with mold, and you pretty much just like stick a pen or with like moldy stuff. You stick a pencil in it. If the pencil like goes in deep, you're screwed. You need to replace everything. But if not, it's just surface mold. And it happened when they were putting the addition on. It rained for like. Or there was a roof problem, something, I don't know. He told me whatever I wanted to hear. There was a roof problem, and they fixed it so there was no more water getting in. And then um, upon further inspection, we realized, like, half the structure was mold, like, under the sheetrock and stuff because it evaporated. And the like place, the studs? Yeah. Wow. But uh, we, we tested it all. Well, we didn't test it. We have no idea. I'm, I'm fine so far. <laughs> like, we wore, like... Yeah, right. Who knows? That's, yeah. That's the scary thing about that stuff. You don't know in, until, yeah. well... But it was simple. We bought the road, but we bought some. I we we bought some mold stuff. But then online, it was like that stuff is just bleach. So we literally just mixed bleach with water, and it came right off. So we had it all down in the studs. There was no electric, and my my dad's a plumber, so he came up, and we roughed everything out. We put the toilet in. We put the water lines in. We put a hot water heater in. Because when we first moved in, there was only the spigot that's off of the. Um, the blue tanks, like if you have a well, that blue tank, there's Whoa. usually a spigot on it, and that was all we had. How much time did you have before, like... June to winter. So wow. Our parents thought we were crazy. 
Like, I, to be honest with you, yeah, I, I feel like I would have thought you were crazy if I really knew what you were doing. Yeah, that's we didn't co- have like a ton of money. Like you I pulled it off, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm still alive. We made it. Wow. So what was that first winter like? It wasn't bad. Like we had a wood stove. It was definitely oh, cold, no. but it yeah. wasn't like a horrible winter. But I mean, we were we got wood delivered. We did. Um, that was the first time using a chainsaw. So like learning how to do that safely. We stayed on the porch for two months. Like, there was a little porch, like, way smaller than the office, and it was the summer, so it was, like, fun. We would camp, every night we would, like, make food on the campfire and just, like, oh, wow. hang out. And then um, we, yeah, we got it done. Like, we got our bedroom done. We just, just you know, you just hit it. You get home from work. We used to work till, like, midnight, like, five days a week. Wow. Yeah, and it was, like, it was tiring, but also, like, I saw the power of, like, what equity you can build by doing stuff yourself. Yeah. We've always like liked like prided ourselves on doing it ourselves as long as like I don't like to do electrical. I'm I'm just not I don't know how to do it. Like I'll do simple stuff like wires, but uh, yeah, complicated stuff we we'll, we'll bring in an electrician. Right. That's me too. Yeah. I I'm pr- I for the most part I'm I'm fairly handy, but there's a couple things that every once in a while I'm like, "Eh, nah, I'm going to I'm going to make sure I don't cause a bigger problem here. <laughs> yeah. Electrical is definitely one of those. Yeah. And there's like tools of the trade where like I wouldn't know how to do stuff. I would have to like tear the place down to do the electric stuff that he did. But like he had like almost like little fishing poles that like he yep. would root through the walls and just make a small cut. And he knew how to like pick up wires, yep. like connect wires from one to another. And there's just, there's just stuff you don't know how to do. And you know, the time value of it is it's cheaper to hire an electrician and then you know what's right too. You're not like worried about it. Like we had to put a new electrical box in, um, a good amount of stuff. And uh yeah, I mean we were clearing land. Um like when you first when we first moved in you couldn't back down the driveway. The driveway was overgrown. Really? You couldn't wow. you couldn't even walk around the house because like the forest had like come up to the house. So it was like There were that many trees. Yeah, it was like a junk not like big trees, but just like wow. trees that just grew up. So we did that. We put um well, the pictures I've seen on your website and, and YouTube and stuff now, it's like yeah, totally now different Yeah, it's place. finally starting to look like cool. Like we didn't have anybody visit for a really long time because it was like – it was embarrassing. Like we finally just put floors on. We've been living on plywood for like two years or four years. So it seems like the decision was like, oh, we can get a great deal. We can have this lifestyle of like being – like living s- well, we knew sustainably. Before- but at what point in time does it go, holy smokes, we could like – turn this more into like an agricultural operation obviously you're not a big farm you're not like out retailing yeah. you know, all the time but like it is an agricultural operation that's growing i think the first year i didn't have the business it might even been the first two years i didn't have the business and then you know we were just we got chickens we started selling chicken eggs and then um i was like oh you know i can there's there's tax benefits to owning a farm and there's benefits for you for having like a business with write-offs mileage all that good stuff and um and uh sarah sarah didn't like her job at the time and we were just like well like let's she's super handy so she builds like a ton of stuff and i was like let's you know let's let's do the farm seriously like take it take it slow i think like slow and sustained growth like i've never i've never had anything go bad or where i couldn't sell it like we've always been successful selling selling yeah. out our pigs every year selling out our eggs every week and um i'd ra- i'd much rather tell people no and turn people away than have too much because a lot of businesses try and um 
like they they try and scale and go humongous and sprint before they can walk. Yep. And I'm not I'm not in a rush. Like I'm, you know, do we'll do six this year and then eight and then fourteen and then yeah, see where it takes us. Like I'm not married to any idea of what livestock we have. Like we yep. we just experiment with stuff. Like geese geese have been great. We added them a few years in. And they've been awesome with predator control, like knock on wood. But we haven't we haven't lost anything since we added Tormin, our guard dog, and then geese. And um, you know, just just slow and steady. Like um, geese are vicious little. They're little they're too, suckers. Yeah, they've they've drawn blood from Sarah before. Like, like they they'll, can, they'll they bite can, you. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're definitely not friendly. Like I don't like the geese, but. <laughs> I like watching them. Like it's it's cool to watch them. We just watch chicken TV yeah. all winter. Yeah, you've and got you've got a, a pond now. You got solar panels. Mm-hmm. You've got. I feel like I've I've seen like a bunch of other structures go up. Yeah. Uh, well, our goal was twenty. Like we were like we want to be totally off grid by twenty twenty two and like totally self sustaining. Like we want to meat is super expensive at the grocery store. So like our first thing was like let's let's get our meat under control and. Um, we haven't bought meat in like probably two or three years, really. Talk to talk to me about like the difference between the two meats. Oh, it's just like, obviously, I've seen it because you, I, we've gotten some pork from you before. But like, I want I want to hear from you. You live it, like because I, well, I mean it's it's noticeably different. But it first started in Ireland. Like I went to Ireland, and Ireland is all it's an island, and like everything's raised there and butchered there. Everything's grass fed. And the meat was so much more flavorful there because everything you buy in the store or pretty much anywhere is factory farmed and they're just trying to get an animal to wait as soon as possible. Like chicken is just a texture. It's not a flavor. Pork is just a texture. Beef is just a texture. And like the first time I had a chicken there, it was like, wow, like this chicken has flavor. It has like something to it it doesn't need anything you don't need to add extra spices the burgers wow. there like taste like burgers and i was like oh man like uh this is awesome like i want to i want to continue to do this and um then it's uh it's better for you like you feel like good after you eat it you don't feel like sluggish and um it just tasted so much better and it was we we love doing it. Like we take our stuff up to D and D meats, and they do a really good job processing it. Like they make sure the animals are aren't stressed. They let them hang out for a night before they get um. So they like because there's yeah. like you can I I can't taste well. I don't know because I've never had it since. But like animals like release stuff in them if they're in like a bad state when they get butchered or stressed out. Like the meat can be stiffer and that sort Interesting. of thing. So we made sure like everything was relaxed when it when it met its maker and like we care. Like we we were sad like the first few times it happened, but we knew like I'd much rather have an animal like have a great six months and then like feed our family versus like have like a horrible factory farm life and like be pissed off and sad the whole time and like sickly and stuff. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> then uh. We just we just slowly kept expanding. Like every year, we'll add like twenty or thirty chickens. Make sure we can sell all the eggs, and then just just slow and steady. Um, and it's it's been great. Like my 
my job is cool because like if I, if there's an emergency on the farm or something, I, I can stay home and take care of it. Or like if I have a plumbing leak, something happens, like we had to put a new septic in, we had to do a ton of stuff. We had to put a new well, like everything broke. I think it was <laughs> everything, <last year. laughs> everything broke. He said. Yeah. Like literally like one day, like Sarah's. Like welcome to welcome to home ownership on yeah. steroids. And yeah. literally, like sewage just like comes into the into the kitchen or not the kitchen, into the uh, shower. Wow! Like, what the hell? So we try and figure that out, and like it was originally a, a a really a pretty small cabin was the original structure, and then he built like two bedrooms on into it. So it's still a, a decently small cabin. It's probably wow. I think it's like seven or eight hundred square feet. Wow! And then um, we actually had somebody put in. A new septic for us but he did it totally wrong it was it was a little crazy and like a huge waste of money and then we had somebody put like a proper massive one in and like it's been great so far and uh, our soil is super clay so you gotta like we we had to dig down like probably like 12 feet and we added like five runs and stuff like that wow so um and then our well pump went one day and like i learned how to diagnose like a well pump completely like where to test what parts and it was weird because it would kick on but water wouldn't come out. Interesting. Because it like actually broke it rusted in half. So like the top part the bottom part is a little mower motor. I don't even know what the top part is, but it was weird because it was getting electric to it. And uh, our neighbors across the street, like their their well pump went too. So I helped them do that and then like learned and it's pretty simple. I mean, it's just a long wire that goes down to a little a little well pump. It's true. I, I mean, I feel like I've learned so much just from being a homeowner, but <clears throat> it, seem, it seems like you came full frontal with a lot of yeah. challenges where, I mean, I feel like for me, I would I would have definitely thought multiple times, like, what am I thinking? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That's me. Like, I feel like I would I would have been stressed by that. Well, one quote I love is, like, what one man can do, so can another. Yeah. And, like, everything is... You know, it's just knowledge. And with the internet, like, you can look up everything. So it was just sort of uh, – and we have awesome neighbors up the road who's helped mm. us out a lot. And you just sort of learn, like – you know, I didn't I didn't have any carpentry skills, really. I just mostly had plumbing skills because we never did carpentry, really. Me and my dad built a little doghouse, and that's, like, the only thing I ever built. But, you know, it's, it's not super complicated. Like, measure twice, cut once. Do good yeah. angles and you'll be fine. Yeah. Do good angles. Yeah. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Well, you learn. Like, I you built learn. the first year I built a, with no knowledge at all of what it was supposed to be, I built a little woodshed and it collapsed under the snow load because I used a two by four for a header. I didn't look at anything yep. up at all. I just like, was like, I don't know. This is, this is how you build. Like, this is what structures look like. And the two by four I p- picked had a massive knot in it, like right in the middle of it. So it just collapsed right there. And I was like, all right, like I got a learning I, moment. Yeah. I got to look stuff up and figure out how to do it before I do stuff. Well, that's like me with, with woodworking. I mean, obviously I, I've grown immensely in the last couple of years, but like that, anytime you're, you're trying to get better at something, I think you just have to recognize that there's always something else to learn. You can't, you can't expect to. You can pretend, but you can't expect to know everything. And yeah. Maybe for branding or something, you want to come across as an expert. But that continuous growth is—I feel like that's the journey. Uh, you throughout this whole like story of you um, talking about how you started OpenGate. It it reminds me a lot of um, some things I've heard on other podcasts from 
you know, national well-known podcasts and even some local ones, but, um, stuff like, you know, like it's more about the journey rather than the destination. Sounds like, yeah. Sounds like you, you and your wife are really wholeheartedly, you know, endorsing and, and experiencing and enjoying the journey as much as you can. Yeah, and like knowledge is power. Like once you do something once, because it's expensive. No matter what you have to get done, it's expensive to get it done. And we learn. Like most stuff isn't super complicated. It's really just having the tools and knowledge. And like we have our neighbors down the street or up the street. Like they've, he's done everything. He's built houses. He, like it's very like North Country. Like we don't call a plumber. We don't call. We just figure it out. And yes. Yeah. You know, you just we just figured it out. Like yeah. we just, you go for it and just try it, and you might fail. You might like the worst thing. Like the worst case scenario is like you lose money and you you do something wrong, and then you try and learn from it. And as long as you learn from it, it's not really a failure. Yeah. No, I amen. I yeah. I uh, I want to talk a little bit about like quality of food some more because yeah. I feel like that's like a it seems to be a growing theme a little bit uh across the country but I, I feel like for me being your friend and having farm fresh eggs has really opened up my mind and perspective to like holy smokes like I I literally have no connection to my food yeah I go to the grocery store I look at the meat and I literally find myself picking cuts of meat based on like how good it looks yeah with no like real true connection to that thing that that was alive that was a real yeah living being uh, factory farmed most likely but i don't know it's just that's not how it was meant to be and uh well that's why everybody's sick like everybody's dying of stuff because everything you eat is fake yeah like i it's really interesting man like i'm not uh I'm not prepared to go vegan because I love meat, but like, I think it's also cheating. It's cheating a little bit by not having a relationship with your food. I feel like that's part of the circle of life. Well, everybody's far removed from their from their food for the most part. Like he comes nice wrapped up in styrofoam. There's no blood on it, and it's it looks perfect. There's no skin. There's no nothing. It's all perfectly packaged. And yeah, they they only want the center cuts of pork chops that look nice and are all uniform. Whereas, like, there's a whole animal of stuff to use. There's everything. Like, I don't eat, like, the organs and stuff. Like, I give the organs to the dogs. But there's livers. There's heart, tongue. There's so many cuts of pork. There's so many different parts of the animal. And they all, they were all a different muscle on the animal. So they're all different taste and different texture and different different uses for cooking, basically. Yeah. And, um you get better you you don't waste anything like you don't waste meat when it's your meat like you you use it all you, you it's use like paying the, tribute to it really yeah. like otherwise you go to the grocery store and it's like i don't care like like I, I this is sad to say but i bet you there's a lot of people listening to the podcast too who can relate to what i'm about to say how many times you go to the grocery store you buy meat and then you have all these ideas of how you're gonna cook that pork loin or or the chicken or classic for us is chicken like you, you buy like a big sucker of chicken because you're like, oh, it's on sale. I can get it so much more for less. And then all of a sudden, it's like 
a week goes by and you're looking at it in the fridge and it's gone bad <clears throat> and you have to throw it away and it's just like oh well too bad so sad like and it just makes you think like there's just so much waste in our foods all the food that we don't even see that has to be thrown away because it's never sold even just stuff that looks weird like they throw out so many vegetables and stuff just because they're not shaped right yeah but like it's just um i don't know man i i haven't i haven't developed a relationship with my food obviously i still go to the grocery store but it just seems to me like it just seems like you know where I'm going with this. If it I just, were you, yeah. I would just get like in your yard, get go to like a mill and get like four cedar two by eights and get compost or buy some bags of dirt and just like start with salad. And over the summer, you'd be like, oh man, like you appreciate the salad so much more. It's so much more flavor. Like even salads, like salads are just a texture and a crunch. But like when you get actual stuff from a farm, it has everything has flavor. No, it's so true. That's true. And then the, I think everybody should have a garden. Like, I think it's just, it's nice. It's relaxing. It's something to do. Like, it's great in the summer. You know, you get home from work. It's still light out. You weed the garden. You pick some lettuce. You pick some tomatoes. And it's not rocket science. Like, everything you just But it's water. also a little bit of work. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not going to the grocery store, buying the 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 plastic box of of whatever yeah, spring mix yeah spring mix because it's there and it's on sale for three dollars instead of 3.99 and then uh you don't eat half of it because you don't really appreciate it because you didn't go out after work and you know get dirt on your jeans and and weed the garden right like yeah. i feel like there's it's it's so funny but it's like the the happiness comes from more uh more sweat equity anything you do right? like you probably like, like the more your sweat chairs equity more. you have in something the more you really appreciate it yeah like if you go to um ikea and like buy a table it's just a table but if you buy if you make something you're gonna appreciate it so much more you don't have to like have a crazy shop and like you could just start with like simple shelves in your house a little garden outside like you can garden great in yep. five gallon buckets there's a ton of people who grow like massive gardens in the city and they just have five gallon buckets and little containers for lettuce. They grow tomatoes, peppers. It's you can do it. Like it's not hard. It's just a little bit of time, and then you get to taste it. And like, because I love cooking, I love eating, and it's it's fun to grow different stuff and try out different things and recipes and that sort of stuff. And you get to eat it. You get a great payoff. Like you got to you got to eat either way. So yeah. Yeah. As someone who's sort of done it but continues to do it and will continue to make it better and better and, you know, bigger within whatever pace you want, what's your recommendation for someone listening? You know, I you, I think what, if you're interested in animals, chickens are the most economical and easy payoff. Like you get eggs and they're great. Um, they'll... <laughs> They eat all your bugs. Like you let them out during the day. They eat I heard all your that. bugs. They, if you ticks. have dogs, they'll eat the ticks mm-hmm. in your yard. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you give them whenever, like I have stuff in my house still go bad and I just feed to the chickens. Like they can, I did a pig roast this summer and it wasn't all eaten. And like I brought it home and the chickens picked the carcass clean. Like even if you have steak, they'll, they'll take the steak bone, eat all the uh, marrow out, everything. Wow. And, uh, 
do that, do a little garden. Um, I think garden is the easiest because the, the negative of a farm is like you have to be there or hire somebody. It's like dogs. Mm. Like you, well, you can go on vacation with dogs, but, um, yeah, you can't get a garden sitter. Well, yeah. I guess no, you, you could, definitely but. can. <laughs> and it's, it's simple. Like you just, you just water it. Don't overwater it. Like you stick your finger in the dirt. If it feels dry, you water it. If it feels wet, you're fine. And, um, then, you know, you try it and maybe, maybe you don't like it. Like some people, I know some people who eat out every meal and, you know, that's what they want to do. They don't want to spend time doing that stuff. They'd rather go to the gym after work or do something. So just do, do what you can. And I feel like it's great for the environment. Like it's, it's nice to, cause I used to, um, when we lived in the city, we had a dumpster at our house. So you don't really care about waste. Like you're just, yeah. it's whatever it goes somewhere. And now when I, I, I just finally got garbage service, but I used to go to the dump and then like you want your dump bill to be as low as possible. So you want to not have waste and reuse stuff and save do, stuff. Do you compost? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. We've thought, Lauren and I have thought about composting, but, um, haven't really gotten started. Is it? Oh, you need four pallets. Just throw whatever goes bad in there. Start in the pallets. Well, no, I'm uh, or, like the first. Oh, oh, oh you, you like four you, walls. You make four or three walls. Yeah, so you got a big compost with four pallets. But that so you you set up uh, four walls and then uh, you just literally you throw, just throw it stuff in there. in there. Everything like coffee grinds is great to add. Uh, you can add dog poop. You can add whatever. You grass clippings, branches, leaves, um, and then you know in in a year or two, if you add dog poop, you want to wait like two years, but. And it will get it will get hot like composts get hot like you don't want to have it like against your house or something you want to just have it freestanding against the woods line and um, you turn it you know once or twice a year or you don't even have to turn it and it'll eventually break breaks everything down uh, worms go in there they eat everything up and um, wow it's uh, it's cool like some some of our composts like like snow will melt off it so it gets it gets decently hot no kidding. You must have a sweet compost going then if it's getting that hot. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's and that's then next year yeah. you grow. You just grow in it. Then like you have, you don't have to buy soil. You you start, and I think everybody should compost. Like you know, orange peels, banana peels, lettuce, stuff that goes bad. Um, I don't do this, but like if you have a super legit compost, like you can like D and D meats, they compost all the deer bones. Like all the deers and stuff, they have a massive compost that's more bones of, and all that. Yeah, stuff. literally in six months, all the bones are gone. It's crazy. Wow. Because there's bugs and stuff that eat everything. Like yeah. nature, the stronger is, it gets, the faster the process goes. Mm-hmm. Like nature doesn't waste anything. Yeah. Like you like, like whenever when we have an animal uh, like pass away if we get sick or something, like sometimes I'll bring it out, or most of the time I'll bring it like out to the very back of the property and just like. Leave it there and, you know, coyotes or whatever. I won't do it if it's, like, an infectious disease, but, like, if an animal gets bloat or something like that, you just bring it out back and, like, nature will take care of it. Mm. Like, nature knows what to do. Humans are the ones who are messing it up. It's true. And then, um, yeah, it's just, uh, like, even the water out there. Like, we have an awesome well. It's super great water. It tastes so much different. Like, my parents love my water when they come up. Really? (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Keysville, bud. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, ch- cheap place. You could still buy a house for cheap down there. It's I'm in like southern Keysville and Clintonville, so it's twenty six mile or twenty six minutes to work, so it's not horrible. No, that's that's 
Honestly, that's still a lot faster than most people who live in the city try to get to work. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I can never do that grind. It's uh It's a lot. Yeah. Public transport does seem cool though. Like you can drink beer on the train and like my buddies always Snapchat me cuz they'll be on the train together. And that's fun, but yeah. I don't know. It's uh it's a nice quality of life down there and um our main goal with the farm was just to try and set up our life like as cheap as possible where we don't we don't need to make a ton of money to sustain yourself and um that's like the goal we like we put solar panels in like right away because like there was um the adirondack coast had like the solarized adirondack coast event or something yep and um i was like i didn't even look into it too much i'm like yeah let's just do it because literally the worst thing worst thing that happens is it like it, it does pay for itself and i like whenever the payoff isn't right away it's usually a good deal Right. Like if you do things thinking super long term, like if you're, if you think you're a genius and you're going to trade your stocks all day and make a buck really quick, you're probably not gonna, maybe you will short term, but probably long term, you're not gonna, because there's people who are way smarter than both of us who do that. Yeah. And they even get burnt. Like there's geniuses who get burnt in the stock market. But if you invest long term, like slow and steady, put in 6% every paycheck, like, I do mortgages for guys who work at, like, factories who have, like, half a million in their 401k from just, like, you know, every month putting in whatever, yep. 50, 100 bucks, and compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Yep. Yep. And that was sort of also with the farm. Like, we're not putting anything weird in our body. It's all natural stuff. So that's going to, I hope, eventually pay off with, like, having fewer or no health problems, really. Yeah. Because it seems like most of the health problems are relatively new. Because of like factory farming, like there wasn't there wasn't grocery stores until the 1940s. Like it used to be, you'd go to a meat market, you'd go to a farmers market, you'd um, you'd go to whoever raises that mm-hmm. and get it, and then um, it it all changed when somebody figured out like, oh, let's make a market that has everything, <clears throat> and um, then they're like, oh, let's we got to get the cheapest prices, so. Instead of somebody having like diversified agriculture where they grow tomatoes, they had chickens, they had pigs, um, they grow a thousand acres of tomatoes, they grow a million chickens, they grow a million pigs. Yeah. yeah. And that's no good for the land because like like down in uh, Tennessee and North Carolina is where most of the factory farm pigs are and there's too much waste. Like it's there's poop lagoons, there's gross stuff whenever there's hurricanes and stuff. Like the animals die, and it doesn't matter because it's a commodity to them. It's not like a, it's not a living thing like that. They have insurance on their animals, and you know they just take the insurance money and start again or do something new. Where like none of the pig, like our place, our farm doesn't smell like none of the pigs. Like they, you know, each pig poops once or twice a day, and it's just in the woods. And then I'm sure birds come and pick through it, and it just goes back to land and fertilizes it. Yeah. No, it's so true. You see, like, the natural disasters that come through mm-hmm. uh, some of those places, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the the festpool or whatever. Yeah, the festpool goes into the river. Gets, gets into the water supply, which then gets into the, the yeah. It's and that's in, real. Like that's It's like, a real deal, and that's yeah. not what was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. That is a man-made problem. Well, yeah. yeah, and in cities it's hard because you're, you're cramped and, you know, you live – you live in shoe boxes on one on top of the other, fifty feet or fifty stories high. Like you're not all going to be able to grow your own stuff. So it's, yeah, it's like um, it's a byproduct of major cities, but there's also 
you can choose sustainable. It's just, it's harder, but it's definitely a better long-term payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it can't all be sunshines and rainbows, I suppose. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, the, the farm for me, it was like, I definitely overworked myself and like got really burnt out because I did, I did the farm. I did AKYP. I did the podcast. I golfed all the time. I was traveling all the time for work. And like, I always thought I was like Mr. Invincible. I can do anything. I'll drink an energy drink. I'll do, I'll do whatever. And like, I got like seriously like burnt out and like depressed and like was in a really bad place. Like pretty much just a few months ago, like the summer, I don't even remember it. Like I, it's, uh, I would get home at nine, ten o'clock, like four nights a week. And like, I, I work hard to spend time with Sarah and like to, to yeah. enjoy the fruits of my labor. Like we got a, we got a new dog torment and like, I felt like I barely knew him. Like I, I knew him, but like, I wouldn't spend the time to go out and like pet him after work. And I was in such a grind of like, I got to make money. I got to get more loans. I got to, well, I got to meet people. I got to go to the CVPH event. I got to go to this event. I got to go to that event. I got to show up here and do that and do this. And like, I was in like a really bad place mentally. Like my, my dad has like brain cancer. So that, that obviously like weighed heavy on me. And, um, yeah, I got like, I got super depressed. I got burnt out. I was pissed off all the time. I was smoking like a ridiculous amount of cigarettes and the jewel and like all that stuff, like all I was eating, like after the podcast, I would always like go to Burger King or eat some bullshit and then wake up tired the next day and then wake up late and then go to Dunkin' Donuts and then Mm. like eat something like crappy for lunch. And you realize like I was getting fatter. I was, my back was hurting and the whole point, or for most people, like the whole point of working hard is to not just provide for their family, but to enjoy their family. Yeah. Like I remember in um, Wolf of Wall Street, it was uh, yes. the the lady was like, if you're, if you do good, you'll get a house in Midtown Manhattan. If you're super lucky, you'll move to like out far out on Long Island and then the super rich go to the Catskills. And for me, I was just like, why don't I skip that and like move, move out into the country and sort of, but I was, I did that. And then I was working so hard. Like this summer, I didn't spend one day. The first time, the first year that we bought the house, we only took one day off. We went swimming with Sarah's parents down to the river, but it was sort of like we had to do it. You were redoing your house. It was kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it loses its novelty. And then th- and then last summer, I was like, I was at every golf tournament. I was here. I was there. I was doing podcasts. I was doing every event. And um, then on top of that, like my dad being sick was a weird challenge for me because I'm I'm very like there's, there's A and I want to be at C. Like I have to figure out step B. Mm-hmm. And like you can solve any challenge. And like my dad getting sick was like I'm – literally powerless like there is nothing Mm. i can do i can call him all the time i moved away and um and like i was barely seeing sarah so it's like what is the point of working so hard if like you see it super successful people all the time like they always put work first and then you know you you can you can't put family on the back burner forever because eventually they're going to be like you know what like 
I loved you for you, but if, if you're just going to work and not care about me, like what's the point? Yeah. And like, I was always a good communicator. So like me and me and Sarah never got that far, but like, I was like, I would literally like randomly like cry driving around and like have like pant. I didn't know what it was. Like I was like, this is weird. Like I would, I would literally like randomly break out into tears, like have panic attacks where like you're driving and like the car, like you can't breathe. Like the car, it's like, it almost felt like you were drowning. And wow, it was, um, I wasn't getting good sleep. I wasn't getting good nutrition. I was just like, I'd take not sleeping pills, but like I would take melatonin right when I got home. It was like a vicious cycle where I'd, I'd, take stuff to go to sleep and then be tired in the morning and then I'd wake up late and then I'd always be in a rush. Like I'd be like, Oh my God, I got to get And then here. you don't have time to make a healthy breakfast. You grab a quick breakfast. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. <clears throat> you feel like crap. Like I hate, I hate getting Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast. Like you literally feel like shit the whole day. You're tired because there's nothing real in it. Like I would, I would, I would get like a large ice macchiato, which just had a ton of caffeine and a ton of sugar. And it would, it would be like a quick mouth pleasure. Like, Ooh, the hash browns are crunchy, but like you go to the bathroom, like it wouldn't, wouldn't be a great time in there. Yeah. Like your stomach hurts all the time. And then, um, you know, you want to sleep. So you drink and take melatonin and do this and that. And then like, it was like, I got to the point where I was like going crazy and like, super sad like didn't want to do anything didn't want to it affects your work it affects your life like didn't want to hang out with sarah didn't want to go to events and um it was it was basically like i didn't like like i always make fun of like treat yourself but it's like yeah true like you gotta you can't treat yourself if you didn't work hard all day but you can't work hard all day for weeks at a time and not spend time with your family and spend time to eat healthy like we weren't eating, we weren't eating at home. Like we were just picking stuff up, eating like frozen pizzas all the time, mm. and it was, it was bad. Like I was in like a really bad mental place, and it was, like just exacerbated by like the holidays, the winter gloom. Like, yep. I'm like, is my dad gonna make it to Christmas? Like, yep. That sort of stuff, and it just, it just like, hit me hard and quick, and like, I had like a mental breakdown. I was like calling people i was acting crazy i was like super disassociative and like i I realized i'm like damn like you know i gotta i gotta get help i started going to like a therapist and i never i bottled everything up like sarah had no idea what was going on because i would just be like yeah it's fine you know it's all good just work and i get home so tired i just go to bed and then you know they feel shut out so they're like what what's going on and they're all stressed out and it's it's easy to happen i mean like were the the hustle culture the yeah the work your face off culture the and i realized too it's not like like i make a good living but like money money definitely buys you happiness you want to have money for you don't want health care you want to be worried about health care you don't want to be worried about your truck payment but if you work so much that you don't enjoy it like what's the point like i would just be on the weekends like i wouldn't take time to enjoy myself i'd just go to work events or just work on stuff on the farm and get green and do this and that like now every saturday and sunday like i wake up i take the dogs on a walk in the morning like i spend time just like hanging out and it's 
everybody has different um, like different capacities of how much they can work and how much they can take. And like I met I met my capacity where I was like, we had a super successful year. Like we we did great on mortgages, but I was at my capacity where I was like probably you know ten percent home life. 70% work, 20% like other work related stuff and like I don't I don't want that to be my balance. Like I want to be like 50-50, like work, yeah. life or even you know 70-30 like life, like enjoying life versus work because you know you can you can make all the money in the world but like what's the point if you don't have something to enjoy and you know, I have I had money problems, like we're redoing the house, credit card debt, all that stuff. And what really like triggered me was I got I got like one of my biggest paychecks. Like I got I got like a ten grand commission check basically. And I felt the same. I all year I was like, I'm gonna get the big commission check. All my problems are gonna be solved. I won't be stressed about money, I won't be stressed about this. Yeah. And the big check came and I was literally just like motherfucker like i don't feel better at all like all summer i was just working towards the big check and i would get close to it i get a six grand check i get an eight grand check and i was like fuck like this brought me absolutely no joy and yeah then it like dawned on me where i was like shit like you know big checks are great you want to be able to pay off debt you want to be able to do this do that but it's not going to like solve all your problems. Like you're going to have to work on yourself and on your problems and like feel your emotions. Like I was like, I would feel great most of the time. And then it was so weird. Like, like something would come over me and I would just like be overwhelmed with emotion that I was like pushing out because I'm like, I'm like a tough dude. I was a like a jujitsu guy. I was like, yeah. I could just push through this. It's, it is what it is. Like, and like emotions will just like rush in on you and like feel like crushing and crazy. And you're having like crazy thoughts. Like I would lay in bed at night. Like I didn't sleep for like four days straight because like my mind would just be racing. Like, did I do the right thing for this customer? Did I, Oh my God, what about the farm? What about this? What about that? What about my dad? What about, and like it got to like a whirlwind in my brain where like, um, like in Joe Rogan, Elon Musk talked like um, how his brain like didn't let him sleep. Yeah, and I wish I I wish I remember the quote, but it was like stress is unresolved. Like unresolved. I listened to that episode. I know what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, stress he, is like unresolved tasks that you. And what I used to do is I used to have, like, a massive to-do list on my desk. And it would never get done because it was it was massive. Like, it was it was everything that I wanted to do, to do. And then I started to break it down into, like, Monday I'm going to do boom, boom, boom. Because I never felt accomplished because my to-do list was always growing. Versus if you compartmentalize your to-do list and be like, you can go, you know, Monday morning, 9 to 10 a.m., I'm going to call five people done yep versus if you're like i'm gonna call fifty thousand people this year if you don't break it down into um stuff that you can celebrate you're never gonna feel good about yourself and like feel like you're doing the right thing and like i would get jealous of like my friends who like live at home 
and the the worst part for me was like everybody's always like matt your life seems so perfect and amazing like <laughs> i'm so jealous and i'm like i'm always like yeah it's great but like people don't realize all the extra stuff that goes into it and how hard it is to have a farm and like a high stress job but also like you know if you can if you could take the stress you can succeed like most most well-paying jobs are a well-paying job because it's it's not easy. higher stakes yeah it's higher stakes you gotta, it's higher you stress. gotta work yeah it's a it's a higher risk reward type thing yeah yeah man like i feel like there's a there's a um a, a common theme that I've heard across a lot of stories of gumption and uh, people having difficult times and then also this perception that social media puts out for them. And I feel like that can help perpetuate this like oh yeah misunderstanding of what reality is, right? Like social media is not sharing real life stories. It's sharing like the best angle of the best shot with the best lighting with the best filter of you in that moment. And then people see this over and 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 over again on a feed. And they're like, Oh my God, that's not me. And they think everything's perfect. But really after that filter and photo is done, it might be the person's got a lot going on. And I think it's like you, you, you tell me all the time too, you know, like it's like the people you think, uh, and I learned this actually, I learned this more so when I was, uh, fundraising for the Boy Scouts, but like the people you think have it together usually don't have it together. The best donor, uh, I ever got when I was fundraising for the Boy Scouts was the person that drove the, the rust bucket truck didn't do anything flashy and didn't look like he had anything more than the average Joe, but it's because that person actually had the biggest nest egg. Right? Yeah. I think on your social media point, like don't compare someone's highlight reel to your inner feelings. Mm. And that's what a lot of people like do. Like I know I was good at like manipulating social media and like making life seem great and like don't get me wrong like it was a it was a great summer like i had so much fun i was playing golf all the time but i was almost doing what i thought other people thought i should do because i was like in in the career path versus like like i've always done what i want to do but i was like oh got to do this or got to post every day and make like a cool status and like i never i never flexed too hard like i wouldn't like post like i think it's so stupid like like the Instagram influencers, like $30,000 shoes and watches, like all those people are just searching for, for happiness and they think this is going to get it for them. And, you know, beautiful girls and all that stuff. Like maybe those people are super depressed and like have a horrible life and wish, wish it was different. Like I had a, I had a great life the whole time and I was lucky too, because when I was going through that stuff, like I had a good support system and like I, it was a perfect time of the year too because it was right around Christmas and the holidays when everything shuts down. So it was like not easy to hide. Well, easy to hide, but like easy to like, well, you know, it's just Christmas and people aren't doing stuff. Like mm. I would always post, I posted my highlight reel all summer. Like, like every, there was like a week straight where like every day I was golfing, like every day at noon I drank a white claw because I was like, fuck yeah, like this is, this is what living is. But 
you wouldn't see like the three hour drive back from St. Lawrence County and going to get like a ton of apples and going home at night at 10 o'clock and feeding the pigs apples. And like, I used to get, um, pig food from, um, like a local food shelf where stuff was going, like starting to go bad. And I was just like wearing myself out and wearing myself so thin where now I'm trying to figure out like how much is this worth reward? Like what is your time worth type stuff? And, um, I think it's it's a learning experience and like I I realize that it's not worth it to get home at nine o'clock every night. Like I miss the podcast, but that was part of it. Like every week, like maybe maybe for my life because my my home life is still very involved. Like I only heat with wood. We're still doing the farm. We're still redoing the house. And I realize like you got to have money to get stuff done. Like there's no there's no secret like cars are easy like you could just go you could just go get a car it's, they're gonna let you, I could tomorrow anybody listen to this podcast you 90% go buy a $70,000 car you can open as many credit cards as you want but if you never step back and slow down and think about what like I had four beautiful little baby Nigerian dwarf goats and like I never hung out with them like I would mm. snap a, a quick pick every now and then, and be like, "Look at these guys!" Yeah. But like now, like I go in there, like they're jumping on me, they're hugging me, like I'm petting them, and I'm just trying to slow down because I think it's important to grind. I think it's, I think if you work hard in your 20s, you can get ahead and relax more in your 30s. But I also think like you can't, you got to figure out what you like. Like you gotta. Yeah. Do I like, like you even said it with like Rondak where you're getting so many orders. It's like, you don't want to just be in your house or at your barn every night, like turning out chairs and yeah, working, working, working. And you want to spend time and like do what you enjoy. And like, I didn't, I used to be very good on like the weekends of like setting like, super relaxing and like going on hikes and doing fun stuff but i was so tired from the week that like i stopped doing the stuff that i enjoy and i was like what is the point like why when you want a million dollars for it like to like sit alone in a cabin and be alone like no you want to work hard to share with your friends to be able to to go out to eat if you want but if you work so hard where you're you, you know, you lose your loved ones, you lose your family, like, what's the point then? Yeah. So what, now now that you're sitting here, I feel like you, I feel like you've addressed it and you you seem like so much more like in control and like setting yeah. the stick. So what kind of, like, what kind of message would you send to anybody out there listening that maybe have is experienced or has experienced something that you've ex- this same type of thing. I mean, I feel like it creeps up on a lot of people and I honestly uh, being fully transparent, I think even I've had moments in my life where I'm like, man, I cannot keep this all together. Yeah. I think it's very human to feel that way sometimes. Yeah, and like I thought about posting it on social media, but I didn't want to be like an attention grabber or like something like I don't know. Like I wanted to, I try and like sort of like lead by, not lead by example, but like show, show stuff. Like I started, I just talked like 
the day when we went to the brewery and just like hung out, like that was yeah. so therapeutic. And I realized like I was really bad where I would bottle stuff up and like chain smoke cigarettes and smoke the jewel like a pot or two a day and hold everything inside and like eventually it's going to explode. And if you you got to find somebody who you trust, who you can talk to and you don't even necessarily have to talk about it but you have to like my job is very like i say i have to like be on like i gotta you know go to chamber events and put on smiles and talk with people and network with people and i never realized how tiring it is to do that all the time yeah and that's super important like any job you're in i don't care what you do it's so important to get out and meet people but to spend time like not doing nothing but just like working on you like make a really good dinner and like drink a bottle of wine and just chill and watch a movie like yeah get off your phone like i i put my phone away for like a week or two and i was just like let me just like reset my brain to be totally honest with you man like I, and you've i got this from you i think actually but i've just recently I've I've had bouts of this throughout my my life, but where I feel like I pull stuff together and I put the phone down and just reading a book has been like I've been starting to read like a physical book, right? Oh, yeah. Like open it up. I don't trust Audible and all that read stuff. Read it and like it's like it's so therapeutic. Now, one thing I I don't know if you've do you meditate because I, I want feel to start like doing that. I feel like I feel good. like yeah. A previous podcast I did was with Dr. Sharon Thoreau, and she's an expert in this. She's MBSR certified mindfulness-based stress reduction. She's a doctor, neuropsychology, all that stuff. But she meditates for like an hour, 45 minutes, an hour a day. Yeah. And like you talk to her, and you're I, I'm immediately relaxed. Yeah, because you can tell she's relaxed. My mom's like she's that. so she therapeutic. She, yeah, she's she has she has. I don't know if anybody can ever master the mind, but like you can tell, she is incredibly mindful of everything going on and like her emotions and like you know everything the way she wants to respond in a situation. She can always just like take a breath and she's in the moment and it's like. Feel like I should try and do that. I I I don't know. One thing that's been awesome for me is like my my brain was like going like cr- like I couldn't shut it off. Like I was thinking like like I just lay in bed and like not and then the only time I would shut off my brain is like I think that's why social media is so addicting because you just like scroll and oh look at that. Look at this. Look. Yeah. And what I did was I wrote down Every single thing that was stressing me out from, you know, um, doing the books for the business. For money, fixing, debt, yeah, debt, debt like, like time, like getting, e- yeah. Everything, everything that's stressing me out, like being being overweight, smoking cigarettes, smoking the jewel. Um, slicing your driver. Yeah, slicing. No. <laughs> <laughs> um everything like what what problems on the house i had to fix what things at work i wanted to do better everything 
And like that was one of the most like freeing things that I did because your mind isn't meant to store everything. Your mind is like a tool that you should just apply to specific jobs. If you try and store everything in your mind, you're like going to go crazy. Mm. Like now all the time I email myself like, oh, I have to return my L.L. Bean boots. Instead of keeping that like somewhere in the hard drive in your brain, I email it to myself and then it's done. I've been trying to like not not use my phone at night as much, like just plug it in and forget about it. I think I think there's actually a thing. I mean, for me personally, I've been trying to monitor my sleep a little bit better. And uh, I've noticed I, I did some research and Lauren helped me research this too. It, like apparently uh, if you um, it, it, if you are getting less than an hour and a half of sleep every night, uh, excuse me. If you are getting less than an hour and a half of deep sleep every night, uh, you are getting less deep sleep than the average American. Uh, now, I don't know how truthful this is. I have cross-referenced this with uh, other uh, sites and, and tried to like make sure that you know I wasn't getting crap data here, but you know, fake news world. But um, it's concerning for me because I'm only getting 30, less than 30 hours of deep or less than 30 minutes of deep sleep uh, every night. And I don't know what that's about, but uh, I, I've continued to research it. And uh, for me, um, I'm, I'm staring at my phone uh, every night before I go to bed. It's keeping my eyes all like pinged out on the blue light that your phone is emitting. And because of that, I'm literally getting way less deep sleep than I'm supposed to. I asked I asked Lauren how much cuz we we both have like Garmin watches that will like monitor your sleep. I don't know how accurate it is, but she's getting like an hour and a half like you're supposed to, deep sleep every night and I'm getting less than 30 minutes. Like there was one night recently, it literally said like seven minutes of deep sleep. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? And I think it's, I think part of it, man, is I'm staring at a screen too much all day. Well, your phone is the same light that like the sun gives off. So that definitely messes you up. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to stare at that for a long period of time. And, and generally speaking, I think most people are, are staring at their phone way more than they need to. Or a TV or a TV screen, like part of it too is a, a computer monitor. That's blue light, same thing as a cell phone. So if you're yeah. sitting at a desk all day and you just got blue light being shun, shined into your eyes all day, it can really mess up your sleep cycle. And office lights are so like bright. Yeah. One one thing I'd started doing too is like I would turn off all the lights while we're watching TV at night. Like, you should just keep some lights on because I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll get up and go to the bathroom or something. But I started turning off the TV lights and, like, relaxing, like, not thinking about – because I used to always think about work and, like, never let it get off my mind. Like, think about a customer who was pissed at me or something like that. And most of the time it was their fault and they were like, you know, they did something. Like, we don't we don't really kill deals. Usually customers kill deals. And I would think about it and, like – 
not be able to shut off my mind. And then I'd be laying in bed. I'm like, eh, I can't sleep. Let me scroll on my phone. And then I just scroll for like two hours. And then it'd be two or three a.m. And it's sleep is so important. Like self care is so important. Eating. You'll notice such a like if you're listening to this right now and you don't feel great. Like I I quit I quit all kinds of nicotine. Like quit cigarettes. Quit the jewel cold turkey. Like that's felt great because that definitely heightens your blood pressure and makes you like more more. Uh, uh, uppity i guess yeah and, and then um like just put your phone away like set your alarm put it where you can't reach it and just forget about it mm. what's a sending message you would share with somebody who's i mean i kind of asked this question a little bit earlier but what's a sending message you would you would give to anybody who's struggling with the same things you did because because at one hand we talked about open gate farmstead and that's just like this super awesome admirable thing but admittedly Life can catch up to you. Yeah. What, what's your sending message to people? I would I would write down, like, get out a PS. Don't do it on your phone. There's something totally different about writing stuff out. Write down everything that's stressing you out from you have to get an oil change to, like, your dad's dying of cancer. Like, write out everything. And then, like, look at the list and realize – what you can change and what you can't change and accept what you can't change. Like I can't, I can't make my dad better. I can't do something magic and like, boom, he's better. He's it's great. I can talk to him. Like I can call him every day and like be a part of his life and be positive. All the stuff that I want to do on the house, like it's not going to get done overnight. Making a plan with stuff helps a lot like i never had a business plan i never i just went for it i'm like call people and meet people and network and good stuff will happen and great stuff has happened but now i've been trying to like plan my days a little bit better and and just like slow down like maybe maybe go out to breakfast with yourself and just chill maybe it's taking your dogs on a walk maybe it's you know, call on an old high school friend, like slow down, like life, life will, you'll be fine. Like nobody, life will keep moving. Don't worry about it. Like the world's not going to shut down. You can take time for yourself and relax and, um, take time for yourself. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like like now my time is like in the mornings, like I make, um, like I make my coffee with a French press and I'm just like chilling. I'm just chilling with the dogs and like relaxing and like release the stress in your shoulders, like release the stress in your neck and just like chill. And it's hard, like it's hard to do that sometimes. Like yeah. you feel like there's so much going on, but that's why I think the best thing is the writing stuff down because then you can you can make a plan on it like you can you've got 50 things that are stressing you out and some you can 30 just, 30 of them you can control and then with over the next 12 months you're going to break up those 30 things in a couple here a couple there and don't worry about it if it's not if i'm not going to take on that thing this month i'm don't think about it you're going to take on just a little bit at a time yeah and it makes it nicer if you have like all right like I don't get paid till Friday. I can't get my oil changed till Friday. 
but it's out of your mind. On Friday, you're going to get your oil changed. Um, on, you know, maybe you don't have money for a new roof this year, but next year you're going to save up money for a new roof. You're going to, in order to do that, I just, this month, I just need this much. That's all I need. I don't need the big number. I just need this little bit. Yeah. If you, if you feel like you're spending too much money out to eat, like I'm going to make breakfast for myself. Like the, the little things compound over time. Like I was spending so much money eating it because it was like seven bucks for breakfast, 20 bucks for lunch, and then, you know, 15, 20 bucks for dinner. You can eat away like thousands a month. Easy. It's crazy. It's crazy how much you can spend. I I, I just redid for 2020. I just redid our, uh, Lauren and I both just redid our budget. And when I really sat down and measured it out, I knew it was going to be like an area where I could cut back and save more, but I didn't even fathom how much money I was spending on yeah. that kind of thing. You don't realize until you really sit down and do the numbers. And then like spend money on what's important. Like me and Sarah, like we don't need to go to Mirror Lake Inn. Like we ha- we'll we go to the diner and like it's great to spend an hour at the diner and just like chill, talk about our week, like – be more open like i used to never talk about my feelings at all like i would never like wasn't even a thing like i would just like i'm a big tough dude i'm gonna get through this i'm gonna figure it out and now like i just like yeah i'm stressed about this at work like i have to do some tests and i can't do them yet because we have to do this this and this before we do them talking about it makes your life so much like just a weight is lifted off your chest i love it yeah Well, dude, it wouldn't be uh, stories of gumption if I didn't uh, rapid fire. I didn't send you some rapid fire, and this is a true rapid fire because although I recycle questions all the time, and you've probably heard most of them from listening to the podcast, I didn't give any of them to you in advance. Sometimes I'm nice; I give guests the rapid fire in advance. But are you ready, my friend? Ready. I love it. All right. Well, Mr. Craig, what's a book that you would gift to a friend? And why? What's the David Goggins book? What's it called? Can't Hurt Me. You can't, can't Hurt Me. Yes. It will make you feel like a bitch. It will open up your eyes to you are your only competitor. And it's it's truly an inspiring like American story of gumption. Like that's, David Goggins is probably like the most gumptious guy out there. <laughs> gumptious, <laughs> and it's a yeah. it's an entertaining read. It was I. I literally just finished that book. It's funny you say that. Yeah, I I mean it's uh, it's definitely changed my life at least in the short term. The perspective. I don't know if I agree with all of the like crazy stuff he did to himself, but I think the principle of what he did to himself is life-changing well also the what one man can do so can another yeah you you can that doesn't mean you don't have to run a marathon tomorrow but don't say you can't like you can do anything at all yeah so those of you listening who don't know who david goggins is it's it is a good book i I fully endorse this book go on youtube and check out joe rogan yeah first and second episode yeah uh david goggins ex uh navy seal uh, he actually failed out of being a SEAL uh, twice before he got in. So you can imagine all the terrible, crazy things he had to go through in order just to do that. But then he eventually became 
uh, a ranger, I think, or he tried to be a ranger. Maybe he failed out of that too. Uh, he just keep so much failure, but also so much mental toughness that he kept building along the way. Ultimately, has a bunch of records for fifty and a hundred mile uh, ultra marathons. Uh, run some of the toughest races in the world, and he's got the world record for uh, pull ups. Pull ups in twenty four hours. It makes you realize, like it's you like don't over to... four thousand forty something in a twenty four hours. And also, like you don't have to run a marathon. Like it can be as simple as going on a half mile walk or a mile walk. And I think the thing I got from that book is just going for it. Yeah. Like just trying and seeing what happens. Yeah. And and when you get, the biggest thing I got was when you get to that point where everything is screaming at you, your brain is screaming, like, I can't do this anymore. You got way more in the tank than you think. And it's all a mental game at that point. Yeah. And, and honestly, that switch in my head, it's a really hard one to, and you still don't conquer it, but, that switch is huge. So anyhow, good answer. Yeah, great I like book. that. Uh, number two, if you could meet one historical figure, which historical figure would you want to meet, and why would you want to meet that person? Putting you on the spot here. <laughs> he's thinking. I know, yeah, I can think see. Of like, I can see. Who's a? I can hear the gears turning over there. Like, who's somebody I look up to? Who's an historical figure? Um, I think meeting like an old like Native American tribe leader who like I gotta stop saying like who lived life like truly off the land and lived uh, a true hunter-gatherer life. Like as long as like there was some magic button where we both spoke the same language and can communicate. Yeah. I think that would be super cool because we're not too far removed from that type of lifestyle. And um, I think Native Americans are cool with like all their wisdom and how they – how they view everything like they're uh from what i've gathered they're very like everything has a place and works together type thing yeah so i don't have a specific person in mind but i think meeting some some elder who lived who lived through some stuff and who's seen seen a lot would be pretty cool yeah no that's that's a cool answer i like that and admittedly in in some ways it's it's a shame we don't know you know more native american elders but um Cool answer. Number three, you've asked me this question. Uh, if you could put up anything in the world that you want on a billboard anywhere, you could put the billboard anywhere, what would your message be on that billboard and why? Easy choices, hard life. Hard choices, easy life. Like I think there's something to be said about taking the 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 road that doesn't have immediate payoff is almost always the better road. Like, for example, if you go to Stewart's and buy kitty litter, it's probably going to be like $12 for a 12-pound bag. If you go out of your way and go to all of these, it's going to be cheaper. If you – it's super easy to go to McDonald's. It's harder to make a salad at home. It's, it's harder to butcher a chicken than to go buy chicken breasts. 
I feel like the hard path is always rewarding, mm-hmm. and especially if it's something you enjoy, um, it's going to it's going to pay off tenfold, and the delayed satisfaction of you know different different like choices or what what your what your path what you're trying to do if you choose a hard path and you make it to the top you're going to feel such a deep and awesome sense of satisfaction than if you chose the the cheap easy path and everybody our whole consumerism is selling you the cheap easy path if you if you buy this new car all the girls are going to love you if you buy these clothes you're going to be the man if you drink this protein shake you're going to be jacked there's no there's no secret there's no easy path there's no get rich quick scheme there's n- there's nothing besides hard work and i think if people like when you first get out of college like your life is going to be hard don't blame other people like it just is what it is you're starting out and there's people who've been on the path for 30 years they're going to be ahead of you yep and i think if you if you take that to heart and you know it's harder maybe your heart is you know learning to cook something from scratch it doesn't have to be running a marathon or doing something crazy maybe for you it's learning how to cook a healthy nutritious meal maybe it's maybe you drink every night maybe it's it's all right monday to thursday i'm not going to drink don't don't try and go a million percent at once because maybe it's not sustainable mm-hmm. and like i'm i'm bad at that where like i used to when i was in jiu-jitsu like i would train super super hard and eat super healthy and run like a madman and then like after mm-hmm. i would just let myself go and party and have so much fun i think it's like slow and steady wins the race like yep like i'm I did the keto diet for a while and like I felt great. I lost 20 pounds in like two or three weeks. But for me, like I love bread. I love carbs. It was a little unsustainable for me. So now I'm trying intermittent fasting where I basically only eat 12 to 8. Mm. And it's um, it's a little difficult, but you're hungry for like 30 minutes in the morning and then you feel better and there's supposed to be good health benefits. So just trying trying out that slightly different path and I feel like I I can sustainably like only eat from twelve to eight. Like I don't think I don't think you really need three meals a day. Like maybe you do, but I think it's not. It's a good point. It's, yeah, it's not the worst to just you know I just just try stuff and well, try. If we, were, the if we didn't path. have the society as it was set up today, most likely we would hunt and work our ass off all day and get one or two meals. Yeah. Right, and that'd be it. Yeah. Like most wild animals do. Yeah. So easy, easy choices, easy choices, hard, hard life, life, difficult hard. choices, easy life. I like it. That's Wim Hof, I'm pretty sure. I like it. Uh, question number four. If you could uh, go back in time and give some advice to your 18-year-old self, what would you say to 18-year-old Matt Craig? Hmm. 
probably either like never tried nicotine, never tried cigarettes. <laughs> I started with dip actually. I tried dip. I didn't start it until I think my second year in college. And I guess like yet I don't know because I had a great time in college and like I did great. I had good grades, but I almost wish I like took advantage of the opportunities a little bit more. Mm. But then I don't know. Like everything, everything worked out great. Like I don't, I don't really have like anything that I wish I did different or that I would change. I guess just like slow down and enjoy it. Yeah, like that's really it. Like I, my life been such a blur of like running around doing this, doing that, and it's always fun stuff. But like. I don't remember half of it. Like it was just so fast moving mm. that like something great would happen. I didn't take the time to enjoy it. I would just move on to the next one. Yep. And like, don't judge yourself so hard. Don't feel like, like I still feel like a failure. Cause like I stopped playing guitar and stuff like that. Mm. Like I hold weird stuff like that inside where it, mm. it doesn't matter. Like I tried it, I tried it and I stopped. It's not, it's not a failure. It's not anything. It's just, you know, you you try stuff and then you change stuff. Like it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. This is the last one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my favorite question. I ask it to everybody. So if we could put together a three-person board of directors to guide and mentor you through the rest of your life, right? The 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 life of Matt Craig, the the uh, the the board that you've strategically chosen three people to all offer their own input. Uh, who would those three people that be and why they can be famous or not alive or deceased. Doesn't matter who would the three people be and why. I think Joe Rogan would have to be one because he's sort of, he's sort of like that for many young men. Like he's like, uh, he's like a cool uncle that you get to listen to his stories all the time, and um, I feel like we would. I hope he'd like me. I don't know. <laughs> he probably would. Yeah. You guys could both eat some elk and jalapenos <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe Rogan have to be. Hmm. Probably Jocko, Jocko Willink. Like I feel like I'm getting a little soft, and I could use use some heart. I'm gonna listen to a Jocko podcast on the way home. Actually, use some some hardness in my life. Mm. And so tell people a little bit more about Jocko because I I know who Jocko is, but I don't know if everybody does. So Jocko's a retired Navy SEAL who runs a business consulting uh, company. He makes uh, he makes uh, he has a cool company, Origin Maine, and they're bringing back manufacturing to America. And he's like a, a business coach, a military guy, a uh, very cut and dry. And I love it because it's it's like true. Like there's no there's no like secret diet. It's just eat less food. There's no 
There's no secret way to increase your pull-ups. It's do more pull-ups. And I think it's good to have somebody who's like grounded like that and who has lived it, who's had successful companies. And um, mm. like the, I think the military background is great um, because it's very like you learn, you learn a lot in the military. I feel like, I feel like they set you up with a lot of good life traits. Yeah. And yeah. Who would your third one be? I feel like I need a female to get like a different point of view. I mean, I can't say my mom cause she's already like on my board of directors basically. Like I hit her up all the time for advice. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, other people have used their, their family for that question, but yeah. I mean, if you can think of a famous woman, I don't know any. <laughs> I can't think of any anybody off the top of my head who like I jive with and like. Well, how w- you mentioned your mom? It seems like that. Yeah, would I guess be my a mom. Good, yeah. Why? Why your mom? She's like the reason I'm so smart. I feel like like she's a continual learner. She's always doing like courses and like like she has a great job, but she keeps like taking college classes and learning more. She meditates all the time. She does yoga all the time. Like mm. she's very. Uh, very smart and like super hard working and um like i should follow her advice more mm. and it's all simple stuff and like just enjoying the simple things like get home from work and like slow down and enjoy a cup of tea and like go for a walk like don't just rush into it mm. just stuff like that i like it sounds like a pretty badass board of directors yeah joe jocko. rogan joe rogan jocko and your mom yeah your mom sounds like the boss. Oh, she would be. <laughs> yeah, like doctors and stuff answered her. She's a badass. Yes. Well, dude, hey, thanks for this. I mean, I feel like the dangerous thing about asking you to come on the podcast is I think you and I could probably talk for six hours straight. Uh, we've probably done that before. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your story about Open Gate and, and battling uh, some depression. And, and like, dude, you... Yeah, anxiety and... Anxiety that. and all of that and being overworked. And I think I think the, the battle, the mental battle of being overworked in today's society is pretty common. So... Anyhow, thank thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. Uh, it's it's been a pleasure, and uh, I really appreciate it. Hey, th- everybody listening, this has been another episode of the Stories of Gumption podcast. Lots of gumption here today. Tune in for the next one. Thank you again for tuning in, and that's it. It's gonna be gumptious. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Thank you.